Right, number 16. If you're working a job, you need to identify all the ways in which you could do your job better. A lot of people work their jobs and they don't try very hard. We've discussed this already about how lazy employees are. If you're an employee right now, you're probably lazy. So, you're working a job, you're not trying your best. Make a list of all the ways you could improve how you do your job. You could work faster, you can make more phone calls, you could care more about X, Y, Z. You could do uh, the entire nine hours without super long bathroom breaks where you disappear to sit on your phone, whatever, whatever. Make a list of all the ways you could improve the way you do your job. Then ask yourself why you don't do it. Why don't you work at 100% of your capacity? And the main reason is probably gonna be because you're not incentivized to do so. I don't know about your job. Obviously, this is the Hustlers University. We're gonna teach you how to make money outside of your job. But if you're in your job right now and the fastest way you can do to get pay rise or increase your money is literally to sit there and think, I need X, Y, Z to be incentivized to do this job properly. I think you'll be surprised how often you can go into your managing director or your, especially for smaller companies, your boss's office and say, look, here's the deal. I want to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. I think it's going to make us a lot of money. I just want to say, if I'm right and it pulls off, let me prove myself first. Let me make the money first. But if the money starts rolling in, I just want to know I'm going to be rewarded for it. They'll say, oh, okay. They'll call your bluff because you promised them money. When you go in there and you say that, all you've done is say, look, I want to make you some money. You say that to them, let the money start coming in, and they'll often reward you for it. If you're not doing your job to the best of your ability, then you need to be doing something else. And if you're not doing the job to the best of your ability, you need to be using that time to start something on the side. So my work history, as you can tell, is very varied. For a long period of time, I worked, when I say long, about a year, I worked for a company called N2. N2 sold, tele, uh, sold web advertising. It sold advertising, uh, websites, SEO, uh, Google AdWords, all that kind of thing. So we would call up companies and convince them they need a new website or do they need SEO or Google AdWords or hosting, blah, blah, blah. It was, a very, it was like an online advertising agency. This is a few years ago. At the same time I was working there, this is the, co this is the company when I read Wikipedia three, three days a week. At the same time I was working there, I was pissed off that I wasn't a business owner anymore. I kept remembering T2 and all the mistakes I made at T2 and I wanted to start a television advertising agency again, but I couldn't afford to quit this job. And I also knew that it was gonna be very, very hard to sell television advertising like I did a few years before. Because this was, when I was selling it before, it was just before the big credit crunch, remember that? Now we're in the height of the credit crunch. So it's gonna be very difficult to get money out of people. So I decided to start a company anyway. I started a television advertising company called Vixels. I, I looked at the word pixels, I changed the P to a V. Doesn't make any sense. Vixels television advertising. And what I would do is, my brother would pitch television from home and I would still work my normal job. And in between not doing any work in my normal job, I'd provide leads and fulfill leads, et cetera, et cetera. So not only am I working a normal job, I'm also, have, I had another company on the side at the same time. And what was good about this is if I went to a company to give them a website and it was a particularly big company and a company I think could afford TV, then I'd pitch them for Vixels on the side or, call, or tell Tristan to call them and pitch them. So simultaneously as doing my job, I was running another company. Now, Vixels never really took off. I landed three or four deals. I maybe did two, three hundred grand, which isn't a lot of money to me now, but two or three hundred grand is a lot of money to most people in a year of a company. So instead of just sitting at my job doing absolutely nothing, I was doing a lot of nothing. I was reading Wikipedia. But I was also doing as much as I could for my own company on the side. So if you have a, if you have a job right now, don't quit your job. People say to me all the time, oh, I need to quit my job. No, you don't. You don't need to quit your job. I guarantee there's enough time in the day for you to work your job and work your side hustle. Guaranteed because you're lazy and you don't do shit in your job anyway. You have all the time you need to continue with your job, get your side hustle rolling. When your rust hustle's rolling and you know the money's coming in, then quit. You don't need to quit your job at the same time. So people say to me all the time, well, should I quit my job? And the answer is often no. You don't need to quit your job until you've been through and you've sorted out all the things you've already been over so far in this university. Is money coming in? Why would you quit your job? Is money coming in? Yes or no? No. Well, then why would you quit your job? I showed you already how easy it is to get money flowing in get the site online, bang, 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 get the money in, even if none of the fulfillment is ready. So if money's not coming in, you don't need to quit your job. No, you need to do everything at the same time. You can get money rolling in first before you consider ducking out of a job, sitting around at home, and being broke. So that's a very important key thing about jobs, because I get asked that all the time. Next point, and this is a very important one. People, I'm gonna make this very, very clear. People do not buy on price. You do not wanna compete on price. For whatever company you're gonna run, you do not wanna compete on price. T2 competed on price, and okay, it lasted a while because of speed, but even nowadays, that would be much harder to do, and I'll tell you why. 
The people who compete on price are gonna be you. So if you go to amazon.com and look at the phone cases for 89 cents for the case and delivery, and it's coming all the way from fucking China, how, how do they make money on that deal? I don't have a clue, but they managed to pull it off. There's too much Southeast Asian and Asian production now. Everyone's producing everything so cheap. There's no way you're gonna win on price. You need to sell on brand. Here in the West, living where we live, that's our advantage. We have the whole idea of branding and quality and reputation. These are the things you need to sell on. You do not want to sell on price. You don't want to price people out the market, but when you're sitting there looking at your prices, you don't want to sit there and go, well, you know, I want to make it really affordable. I really have never, never experienced that. So you've joined my university. This is, I don't know if you joined at half price for 999 or you joined at the full price, whatever. I could have done this cheaper, but why would I do it cheaper? This is the value. The value here is everything I'm saying. This is how much it should cost. So you, you can't just be looking to sell things as cheap as possible. I see a lot of guys, especially the Twitter gurus, loads of them are selling eBooks for like $17 or $13. How are the fuck are you gonna get rich off $17 eBooks? You're not. So if that's the only price people will buy from you at, then that shows your brand has no strength, no reputation. Because if you had genuine strength and reputation, you could sell at a real price. So where your price point lies says a lot about who you are as a person. Do you want to be fucking Lambo? I'll write Lambo down because I like that word. Or do you want to be bullshit? This is where all the ebooks, the little ebooks are. This is where I am. Why can I sell more than them? Why can I sell for a much higher margin, a much higher price? Because I have a reputation and I provide a better quality product. So when you're looking for whatever you're going to do, whatever you're going to launch, when you start putting prices out there, if you put it up high and you're not selling and you find yourself really reducing the price to try and get sales, that says a lot about who your reputation is and you need to do some reputation management. You need to build your reputation, build your credibility, build on the point that you're an expert in your field. And as you do that, your price will increase. That's the easiest way to make more money because there's only a certain amount of customers in the world. Let's say there's only, there's only 100 incels who are going to buy a book about how to fuck today. There's only 100 of them. That's the only people on Twitter who are going to buy a book about how to fuck today. So the easiest way to make more money is to charge this 100 people more money instead of trying to find more people. Especially with Twitter, because if you're selling on Twitter, Twitter following doesn't grow that fast. Your Twitter followers may not be that big. And if it, even if it is, let's say minus 30,000, they don't grow very quickly. You get shadow banned, takes a long, long time. So you only have a certain amount of potential customers. So you want each one to spend as much money as possible. This is the reality of the game. So if you're selling shit cheap, like a lot of these Twitter guys do, that's because they're cheap and they're lame. They're lame. Never sell on price. Also, you'll have more problems and more complaints from people who buy cheap things than people who buy expensive things. And the reason is because the people who buy expensive things are getting Lambo quality, like you're getting here, all the information I'm giving you. The people who buy the cheap things, they're just buying it because it's so cheap. They don't believe in the person. They're just like, oh, what's the worst I can do? I'm only losing 13 bucks. But then they'll still feel pissed off when they realize it's garbage. So your number one goal, your number one aim in whatever business you do is to constantly be increasing prices. You need to be looking to constantly increase the price. And the way you do that is by constantly building on your reputation. That is how it goes. Even if you have to start off at a lower price, you need to always increase the price. You should never get to a point where you've priced yourself out. People don't buy on price. People buy what they want. If people want something, they're going to buy it. There's a whole bunch of expensive shit that people buy, trust me, because they want it. So you have to make sure that people want your product. Do not be one of those, well, I'm the cheapest on the market, guys, because that never works well. It gives you a bunch of dickhead customers and it stops you making any kind of serious money. It's bullshit. Don't do it. Next, you need to learn to shut up and listen. This is a really important point for business. Super important because it's something I see a lot of people make mistakes with. I'm going to destroy my beautiful diagram here. Right. Most people, once they start a business, won't shut the fuck up about their business. I know so many people who are making money, and yeah, they're making money, but as soon as you start talking about money, all they talk about is how they make money, their business, how smart they are, ego investment, how great they are. That is not going to teach you anything. You only learn by listening. So whenever I'm around people who are making money, I don't talk about money. I mean, it's different if they're friends of mine, I've known them for a long time, we're interacting. But I mean, if I'm meeting people and they're businessmen and everyone's talking about how they're making money, I shut the fuck up and I listen. Because anyone who's making money, one way or another, 
knows something you don't know. There's a lesson everywhere. So when you interact with someone who's rich, you have to say enough to convince him to talk, but don't talk too much yourself. The more you talk about your own business and how you do things, the more time you've wasted. You already know your own business. You already know how you do things. Maybe if you're asking him directly for feedback, yeah, I do this, what do you think of this? But if you're bragging, ah, blah, blah, and I'm this, and I turn over this, da, da, you're just wasting time. Let other people talk. Learn from other people who are making money. Even if they're in an industry which is completely different to yours, it doesn't make a difference. Shut up and listen because somebody knows something. Even Dan, who I ran T2 with, Dan was a crackhead. Dan taught me shitloads about advertising and shitloads about sales. He taught me loads of things. This guy's got a fucking coke problem. It's out of his mind and he taught me things. There's nobody you cannot learn from. You can learn from anybody who understands anything about either sales or making money. So be prepared to shut the fuck up when you interact with these people and sit and listen and adopt it. Be super prepared. Next. I'll tell you another little thing we did at T2 actually. Something just came to my mind. We had T2 and we had another company called Angel. I was, such, I was 20, I was a dick. I don't know why I called it Angel TV. So we had another company called Angel TV. And what we do is we'd pitch TV companies as normal. And if we ever had a company which was really close to doing it, but for some reason just wouldn't go across the, over the edge, wouldn't buy, then we'd call them up and pitch them from Angel for a tiny bit of a discount. So let's say we're pitching someone at 19 grand, we're trying to get them, we're trying to get them, trying to get them, they won't do it. Then we call them up from Angel and say, hi, we have a one-time special offer, 18,000. And try and close them that way, even though it, there was no profit in it. But the point is, that's another little thing you consider, another little business tip. If you have a company like that, if you have a partner, a business partner, or you have some members of staff that they perhaps wouldn't interact with if they're talking to you in the initial organization, if you're really trying to get this order and you just can't get it in, you can always try and pitch at some other company and take the business that way. I know a lot of people who are doing that, I won't say who, in lots of different industries, who are coming along, trying to close the business, closing a lot, but those stubborn motherfuckers are coming along with another company and scooping them up. Keep that in mind. It's something else you can write down and think about. We'll come back to Angel later on in your university curriculum. Next, attention is free advertising. So you need to get good at getting some attention, somehow. I get attention, because I'm the Don. But you need to find a way to get attention. Because all advertising is, is buying attention, which is fine. But buying attention is more expensive than getting attention for free. And when I say for free, I mean free financially. Getting attention is still gonna take time with your money. But you need to find a way to get attention. I think you already understand this. You already understand viral marketing, no such thing as bad press, blah, blah, blah. But finding a way to get attention is a fantastic way to start generating money. Now what most people do is, you see a lot of people, they find ways to get attention, but they don't monetize it. So for this, I'm gonna put in an example of my Star Wars thread. I want you, we're gonna start putting it on the screen now. When you look at my Star Wars thread, I said something that pissed off the nerds. You can see I pissed off the nerds. It started to go viral, started to get traction. And for every single tweet afterwards, all I'm trying to do is promote my website. I'm doing it in a funny way, I'm doing it in a way that annoys them, I'm doing it in a way that's gonna get some interaction but I'm still trying to promote my website from start to finish. That is the end goal. Get attention and then do not be afraid to shamelessly sell, sell, sell. But you have to find a way to get some attention first. Now that's not easy in the modern world because everybody's vying for each other's attention, especially on the internet. Everyone is competing for attention, but attention is key. So finding a way to do it is important. I know a guy, I had a guy who had a, uh, this is the most simple, stupid example, but it's true. He had a, it's one of these guys in Romania and they wrap cars and they're in an industrial state and he painted the entire side of his wall with a huge mural, like a spray paint mural of a car being wrapped. And I said to him, that was badass, how much did it cost? He goes, it cost me 3,000 but it's increased my business big time. I've made all my money back big time. I said, why? He goes, people look at it when they drive past and then they want to, they see it's artistic, it's creative and they want to work with us. He got attention. He fucking painted his wall. But anything it takes to get attention. If you have a sign on your company, is the sign big and bright and bold enough? Probably not. There's no such thing as bad attention. In the world we live in now, we live in an attention economy. If you have lots of attention, you can turn that into money. If you have no attention, you're not gonna have any money. We're in an attention economy. You don't even need good ideas now. YouTube has proved attention economy. You have fucking morons out there doing nothing on vlogs, talking shit and being complete 
losers, but because people watch it, because they get attention, they're millionaires. Attention is the currency of the modern world. So if you're gonna start any kind of business, one thing you need to consider is, we talked earlier about money in, all your money out, this is your only real business, the money in. And how you don't wanna be investing any of your money in anything that doesn't lead back to here. If you can see that bottom one there. But, you know what's gonna lead to this? You know what's gonna increase the number of sales coming in? Attention. Attention is key. Attention's gonna accelerate everything. So you need to keep that in mind. Don't be afraid to do things that are a little bit crazy to get people to pay attention to you. Now, obviously I'm not saying join ISIS or something stupid to get attention. Keep it in mind. But attention is the currency. Attention is the magic formula that the, the catalyst that's gonna take any company and blow it up fast. So keep that in mind when you're looking to launch your company or you're already running your company. Does my company get enough attention? No, okay, so which, which company in my industry does get attention? This one, how do they get it? Oh, well they pay for advertising, or for example, or they did this viral campaign, or they sponsored this. How is, are the people taking the attention that you want? How can you get the attention? Find a way. If you have to go and run a marathon, dressed as a fucking dinosaur, with your company name on the back, then go do it. It's effectively free and it's good for you, don't be lazy. You have to do something to get some attention. Attention is the key. That's gonna be the difference between a failed business and a successful business. Even with the cam girls. People say to me all the time, cam girls, that's not a real business. Girls just get naked and they just make money. No, that's not true. Girls used to say, oh, what, you just get naked and you get money. No, it's not like that at all. Making money as a cam girl is difficult. It's a real business. How many girls are online right now? 100,000 maybe? You're trying to compete with all those titties and pussy. It all looks the same effectively, tits and pussy. It's all the same. How do you compete with that? How do you get the attention of men when they have so many choices? They can click, scroll, scroll, scroll through all the titties. So how do you get the attention? So as a cam girl, with all my cam girls I was training, we would have meetings. How do we get attention? And that's why all these girls do like cosplay and dress up as video game characters, that are differentiation, anything it takes to get attention. So the cam girl industry is completely an attention industry. You have to find a way to get attention. You have to think about it. So with the cam girls, we did lots and lots of different things. Very small things that made a big difference. Remembered customers' names, remembered the names of their pets paid attention to them, said hello when they came in the room, called them by their first name, so they all felt valued, so they kept coming back to try and build some loyal follow followers. Made sure that their thumbnail, when they broadcasted, they had a little thumbnail. So their thumbnail, when they broadcasted, was a really hot one, so they looked good, so people would, oh, that thumbnail looks interesting, click on it. Make sure their room was interesting, a few things in the background, da 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 da, -da. Basic advertising stuff, but it's all the business of getting attention. Don't forget that, super, super important. All right, next, coming on from the cam girl thing, Play on people's insecurities. So I made lots of money with cam girls and in three days from the filming of this, I'm opening my first casino. People have vices and people have insecurities and if you can find a way to twist them, you're gonna make money. People can't help but lose their money in casinos. The house always wins. People like tits and ass and they're desperate to have a hot girl. That's why they talk to cam girls. So even if you're running a business which is very traditional, let's say you're running clothing, People like to feel good looking and attractive. You have to twist that angle. You have to put something on the angle so that people go, you know what, I wanna be attractive. I wanna be good looking. I wanna look at, I wanna be seen as important. That's what all these brands do when Porsche and Mercedes, they advertise as a businessman. Mr. Businessman, getting in his car, has his briefcase, Mr. Business, he's important. You're not important, you're not, I'm a Porsche. You're, no, you're a nobody, you're a loser. You have to play to people's insecurities. The cam business was the number one for this. Play to people's insecurities and promise with your product that everything's gonna be better. So, I'll give you an example. So with the cam girls, guys would come along, the guys who are talking to the cam girls can't really get girls, obviously, because otherwise it wouldn't be there. So they can't really get girls, but our cam girl would tell them that they could get girls, or that they could get them. So let's say the guy would come along and say, oh, so uh, what, kind of, what kind of guys do you like? The cam girl would describe that guy. And this is something I had to train my girls to do because girls are so stupid. So like literally a fat old man would come along and say, what kind of guys do you like? And she'd be like, young, fit, Italian men or something dumb. And obviously he'd be like, well, that's not me. So there's not gonna be a relationship there, is there? 
Whereas if a fat old man said, what kind of guys do you like? She'd be like, oh, someone mature, someone who's done playing games, someone who's ready to settle down, I know will value me. All the bullshit that he wants to hear. Sell people what they want. Play on their insecurities. And he's sitting there going, yeah, well, I've, I've been trying to look for a girl like that my whole life, but I just can't find them. Oh, where are you based? If we keep talking, maybe one day we'll meet. One year later, two years later, taking his money, taking his money, taking his money. You have to play on people's insecurities and you have to find out exactly what people want. So I don't know what you're gonna sell and it doesn't matter what you're gonna sell. What are you gonna sell? Why do people want it? I'm right now we're in a university. You guys want it because you wanna learn how to make money. That's why. So in all of my advertising and all of everything I'm doing, I make it very, very clear to you. You need this to learn how to make money. I know more about business than you. I've run more businesses than you have. If you don't get what I have, if you don't get the Hustlers University, you're not gonna know what I know, so you're not gonna make money like I make money. I identified the, re it's the product, we have it here. I identified the reason you're buying it and I'm pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. So I don't know what you're gonna sell. Say you're selling fucking protein shakes, I don't know. You don't sell, a lot of people will sell a protein shake, best flavor, this much carbs, this much sugar, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? It's boring. If you're gonna sell your protein shake, I'm gonna draw a protein shake. I'm gonna draw one. It's gonna be artistic and beautiful. If you're selling protein shakes, you need to say to people, you won't be strong without the protein shake. You won't be fit without my product. Why are you wasting your time in the gym when you're not gonna get, you're not gonna get in good shape anyway? Oh, you'll get in shape but you'll be in better shape if you use my product. Fuck the product. Who cares what's in the product? Sell the result. You need this. You need this because of X, Y, Z. Doesn't matter if you're selling protein shakes or the Hustlers University or motherfucking raspberries. Doesn't matter what it is. You have to push that point over and over and over again. Play on people's insecurities. That's what makes people buy. Because they're not gonna buy otherwise. Oh, I can go to the gym and I'll get in shape and Oh, do I need more carbs? I don't know. No, who cares? It's all dork shit. The old geek will care, but most people don't care. You need protein shakes or your gym time is a waste of time. Why are you suffering in the gym for no reason? If you drink this one drink, you're not wasting your time anymore. Stop being a loser. Quickly. Bye. That's how you have to be. Play on people's insecurities all the time. Next. This is a really important one. And this feeds into one of the points I made earlier about the coffee shop. Let's imagine you go in the coffee shop. You probably, unless you're a complete loner, are not going in there by yourself. The people you're going in the coffee shop with should be the people doing the same thing you do. Analyzing the price of things, analyzing the rent, analyzing how much the coffees cost, how much do the staff cost, can money be made here, could we make more money if we open somewhere next door, is there any gaps on the market, are there any mistakes they're making, identifying problems, etc. Everyone you roll with should be thinking about money. The lesson number 21 is, Network is everything. This is super important. If you're a loser and you're rolling with losers, you are going to stay. I'm gonna write this down in case you motherfuckers don't believe me. So I'm gonna make this extremely clear to you. If you're a loser and you're rolling with losers, you are going to stay a Loser. I don't know if you can see that. You're gonna stay a loser. Underline. Losers roll with losers and winners roll with winners. Number 21, network is everything. The people around you need to be thinking about money, thinking about hustling. If they're not, you don't need to talk to them. I hear this all the time. Oh, but he's my friend, we like hanging out. Hanging out, why? To do what? Play video games? Make jokes? Ha ha, he's so funny, ha ha, ooh ha ha ha. Jerk each other off? The fuck you doing? If your friends aren't talking about money, why are you talking to them? This is why I started the war room. If you're watching this and you're not in the war room, get inside. Everyone in there is hustling. Everyone in there is interested in increasing their income and changing their lives. That is the point of a network. To increase your life. You're a node in the network. That's how networks work. You got nodes and you got links. You come into the network, you're a node. You know people, you help them, they help you, etc. Network is everything. And in my networking brilliance course, if you don't have that as well, I teach you how to meet high-level people and how to make high-level people like you, how to have high-level friends, how to get multi-millionaire friends, etc. how to pitch them for investment, all that. I teach you all in the network brilliance course. So you've got the war room, the network brilliance course that will help you with this. If you haven't got them yet, 
Get them, because they're gonna help you. You need a network around you. You need people on your phone who are talking about money and doing important things. You need to be mixing with them. That needs to be your network. If you're rolling with a bunch of video game playing losers, you're gonna stay a video game playing loser. This is super important. Your network has to change if you wanna really become a hustler. Everyone around you needs to have a hustle. Even if all the people around you don't have hustles. Remember what I said earlier about finding free staff. Okay, let's say all your friends are losers. Well, now you've got a brilliant idea. So now you're the leader. I wanna run this company. You're gonna do this, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this. If they all sit there and go, no, I'm tired, I don't have time, blah, 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 then these people are completely useless. They're wasters. Get rid of them. They either agree to work for you or fuck them off. Find some new friends. Join the war room. In the war room, you can link up with people all around the world who are getting shit done. Get the network brilliance course. Learn how to get fucking important friends. Your network is everything. I don't answer the phone to broke boys. You call my phone, if I answer, that dude's important. When broke boys call me, it gets ignored. All rich people are the same. I cannot stand being around people who are not on a mission to get rich. That is the only mission I'm interested in. Everyone I hang around with is on the same mission. We ain't got time for no dumb shit. So if you're still participating in dumb shit, you have got to change your mindset absolutely. If your network's full of losers, employ them. If they refuse to work for you, fuck them off, find new friends. If you can't find friends, the war room will give you a network instantly. That's the whole point of the war room. International network of money makers. We're not playing any fucking games in the war room. Right, next point, number 22. Keep your panties dry till the big guy's hard. So, too many people get excited about business they ain't got, or excited about business they do have. This is just monetary exchange, gentlemen. You have to be a fucking professional. James Bond may enjoy fucking bitches, but you don't see him excited about fucking bitches. He enjoys it, but he ain't excited. He's smooth, he's cool. He's never giddy about it. You launch your business. You start to see some money coming in. Money's coming in. You're making some sales. Good, be happy, be proud of yourself. But don't be giddy, don't be like, oh wow. Don't be going to see clients and like, oh I can't wait, I really wanna work, it's gonna be so much fun. This is numbers on a screen, gentlemen. That's all this shit is, numbers on a screen. You're moving numbers around. Let me get rid of the big loser sign before one of you guys start crying. Oh, he called me a loser. You are a fucking loser. Learn some emotional control. Don't be getting all giddy and shit. Keep your panties dry till the big guy's hard. Don't know why I wrote that down, but that's the basic lesson here. I see so many people get giddy and excited. Oh, we might get this much money. One, you haven't got the money yet. Two, even if you got the money, good. All you have to do, do you know what you have to do when money comes in the door? Let me tell you motherfuckers, because maybe you don't know. This is me. Here's my muscles, again. Money comes into the door on Tuesday. On Wednesday, do you know what I do? I wake up and I try and find some more fucking money. Don't worry about, don't be getting excited about money. Because when money comes in, that's a, that's, you could, you're allowed just two or three seconds of excitement when you check the bank. Then it doesn't exist anymore. It's here, okay, there. Now it's done. This is done. It's in, it's done, it's gone. Even if I still save it, it's effectively gone. You have to find a way to make more. You shouldn't be getting excited about big chunks of money or any chunks of money. You should always be pushing for more, 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 more. Don't be getting excited about what you've already achieved. You can't live in the fucking past. Second that the business is done is the past. Living in the past is gonna sink your business. You have to live in the future, constantly pushing for more. I wake up every day broke. Every day I wake up at zero, poor, every fucking day. No matter how much money I've made the day before, that's not how I operate. Every day is a new day, you wake up broke. Do not be getting giddy and excited and emotional. Oh, but last week we had a really good week. Who cares? That was last week. Last week, fucking, Iran hadn't attacked an American army base in Iraq. Last week was a different fucking world. This is this week. Shit's different. Don't be getting excited about old shit. Every single day you are poor. Every single day you need to attack and go again. Every single day. From fucking, every day you wake up at zero. Don't be getting giddy and excited and emotional about money you've already made or money you might make, which is even worse. I used to know so many sales guys. When I worked at uh, TriStar, the first TV company before I went to run T2, so many sales guys would be fucking in the office laughing, drinking their coffee, talking shit, saying, oh, I've got four really good leads, I've got four really good pitches, 
oh, they should be coming in today, laughing about money that they thought was coming that they hadn't made yet. And even if all four came in, which it never happened, two came in, but even if four came in, the time they're wasting being happy, fucking around, they could have found more. Don't fucking waste time counting money that you ain't got yet or counting money you've already got. You live right now in the present. Right now, in the, I'm going to draw another diagram. I'm starting to get happy with my diagrams now. I think my art's getting better. Do you think my art's getting better? I think it's getting better. So my art's getting really good. So because my art's getting good, we're going to draw another diagram. I want you motherfuckers to understand something. So this is you. This is the past. This is the future. You're looking this way. This shit doesn't matter anymore. It's come, it's gone. Even if it's still in the bank, even if it's $10 million, it doesn't matter. It's over, it's finished. You should never be looking that way. You should always be chasing more, 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 more. And you should be living here in the present. When I say chasing, I don't mean excited for. I mean getting. You need to get it from here and move it to here. And forget about it. More, 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 more. If I have a really, really good day with Cam, when I had really good days with Cam, sometimes girl, I had all my girls online. It was popping. Every room was busy. The girls had like healthy competition between each other and all their clients were trying to help them win tip wars and it was going off. And we made fucking $12,000, $13,000 in a day profit for me after I paid the girls and everything. Really, really busy. The next day I'd wake up and every fucking girl was lazy. Oh, we did really good yesterday. Oh, can we have today off? Or they'd go online, they'd half-ass it. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Yesterday's done. Yeah, it was a good day, but it's over. Today is a new day. Today you're on zero. Oh, but yesterday I made so much. Yesterday, I don't live in yesterday. I live in today. And the only day that's coming for me is tomorrow. Yesterday is gone. You have to be that way with money. So many business people will do a little bit of business and fucking sit on their ass. There's some dork on Twitter called Kyle Trouble. Kyle Trouble, such a stupid name. And I can just tell by his whole face he's a nerd. And the guy is fucking on Twitter going, oh, I had a really bad year, I took my foot off the gas. You want to teach people about business and he's saying publicly on Twitter that he made a little bit of money so he became a lazy piece of shit and then, then his money ran out or his business fell apart and now he's broke? You fucking dumb. Lazy, so he can sit around in his apartment getting jerked off by his three girlfriend? Like, what the fuck's wrong with people? This, this, fuck this. Put it here, forget about it. More, 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 next, next, next. I don't care how big of a deal you do. I don't care how many tokens you make online, cam girl. I don't care what happened yesterday. It's over. You have to push forward at all times. I've seen so many people do a little bit of business and end up fucking changing their attitude to money. Oh, I've got some money now. No, you don't have shit. That's yesterday's money. You need to get today's money. Right. Next. 23. This is important. Very important. Because this is a business hack I learned. So I'm going to clean my board. And I'm going to teach you my business hack. That nobody does. You're about to learn something that nobody does. Only I do. And it works fucking brilliantly. It works brilliantly. Check this out. My business hack is, drum roll, send people their money back. They love that shit. So check this. How many times have you bought something and you really wanted it, but then you kind of looked at your bank afterwards and thought, hmm, that was expensive. What a bit of a waste of money. Do you know what I mean? So what I used to do when I sold advertising was, I had this trick where I'd sell a package, let's say, I don't know, 2,000. They'd sell, I'd sell it, they'd buy it. They'd buy. When the invoice come in, I'd call them up and go, hey, uh, this is Andrew Tate from N2, da 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 He's like, oh, hi, Andrew, blah, blah. So yeah, I just wanna let you know that some things have changed. I don't think now is the optimal time for you to start your advertising. I'm interested in this as much as you are. I've invested interest in this working. I don't want to just take your money. I want to make sure that this pays off for both of us. Because if it pays off for both of us, we can do a lot of business in the future. I think it'd be better to wait about two weeks. In two weeks from now, I think it's going to be a better opportunity. 
So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send you your money back now. I don't wanna sit on your money, it's your money. We can still do the campaign. I just think if we wait a week, maybe two, not very long, I think there's gonna be some more opportunities in the market. And they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Oh, that's what you think. I said, yeah, well, I want this to work. I wanna, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I wanna make sure this is very, very good for both of us, blah, blah, blah. And I'd send them their money back. And they'd be like, what the fuck? I tried to buy and he, he gave me my money back. It's kind of like a takeaway. You know the takeaway trick. I tried to buy it and he said no and he gave me my money back. And now they trust you loads because no one gives refunds, no one gives money back. So he gave me my money back. Then when I called him a week later and said, bang, now it's time to do business. I've got a fantastic opportunity. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. We have this gap, we have that gap, da 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 It's only 3,000. The marker stopped working. Every fucking time they buy. They'd be like, oh, that's more. So yeah, I know it's more than last time. I mean, we can do the 2000 package now, but there's a really good opportunity here. You build so much trust when you send the money back that they will spend more later. I did this trick with every fucking customer. Every client would buy, pay, call them up. Now's not the right time. Send them their money back. Talk some shit about how I'm really looking after them, how I want a really good relationship, blah, 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 blah. And then hit them up for a bigger invoice. Every fucking time. And it always worked. It works because the trust you build when you send someone their money back is immense because no one does that. Nobody does that. Remember what I said earlier about there's only 100 people on Twitter who want to buy a bullshit ebook. It's the same with everything. So my logic was this. I'm making phone calls all day for N2 on the days I worked. Let's say I make 100 phone calls. Only one of those people is in a position to buy something. The other 99 are never going to buy no matter what I say. So that one person who buys, I had to make as much money as possible. What was I teaching earlier, one of the lessons earlier? They don't buy on price. You have to get people to buy things expensive. So that one person who bought for 2,000, the only way I can make more money is to get him to pay for more. There's only one customer that day. And this was the system I developed, the send the money back system. And it's fantastic. So even if you're selling $17 eBooks, let people buy for $17. Email them and say, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna update the ebook now, so I'm gonna send you your money back. I'm sending your money back because the ebook's gonna be updated. I want you to have the most updated version. Here's your, let me know how to pay you. Email them personally so they have to see it and reply. Don't just click refund, they might not notice. Let them look at that and go, okay. Oh yeah, okay, send the money here. Send them their 17 bucks back. Then they'll be like, okay, that was weird. Then email them again, hey, let you know, working on the update, it's gonna be out soon, da, da, da. I think you're really gonna like it. I could have, and then remind them, I could have left you with the older version, but I think it'd be better to have the most up-to-date stuff. Bang, email them again. Watch that person go, oh yeah, you know, I really appreciate that. Most people wouldn't do that. Most people wouldn't care. Because now you've sent them their money back. This person's in, uh, you don't understand the psychological effect this has on people. Now they're like, whoa, I can trust this dude. Then you come at them and go, hey, so it's updated. I've updated, I'm gonna give you the latest version. As well as that, I've got a new product that's coming out. It's not out yet, it's blah, 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 blah. It's worth $100, da, da, da. If you're interested in both, I can give you both for 40. Bang, I guarantee you he buys it. You've turned a $17 sale into a $40 sale with a two-day wait and a fucking two emails. You've doubled your turnover. You've doubled your turnover. Do you have any idea how important that is? You've doubled your turnover by, with a two-day wait and a couple emails and a bullshit story. You ain't gonna update anything because they've never seen the original ebooks. They don't know if it's updated or not. You just have to add on another ebook you already had. A big famoose. Famoose is the word I invented in T2. Famoose. You take the money, famoose them. You famoose a goose and you famoose the geese. This is business. Listen. He's the goose. You famoose him. You famoose him by taking his $17, emailing him, sending it back, promising a whole bunch of fucking updates, then saying you can get a bundle worth 120 for 40 because he waited and you apologize for the wait. Like you're doing him a fucking favor. I know you bought two days ago. I've updated the ebook now. I know you've done a bit of a wait. So if you want my $100 product for only an extra 20, I'll give you both for 40. Sorry for the, the delay. Oh he's, oh, he's doing me a favor. Yeah, okay. He gave me the update and I got his ebook from the, for Moose the Goose. Bang, doubled your turnover. And it only works because you send that money back. When you send people their money back, I guarantee you it changes how they think. So that's a trick you need to start implementing. Finding ways you can send people their money back. Because that shit works. Trust me, I did that for a very, very long time. Especially with low value products with 17 bucks. You ain't making no money on 17 bucks. Send that back, aim for 40s or 50s. That's how you get paid. All it takes is a few emails in between. Keep a spreadsheet so you don't get confused. 
be moderately organized. It's easier to double your turnover as a business this way than any other way. There's no easier way to double your turnover. Trying to get double the customers at 17 is gonna be a lot harder than just fucking a couple emails and doubling your turnover. Double, I've just doubled your business with a very simple trick. I'm a genius, I'm a genius. I'm a genius and I know this shit works because I did it all my fucking self. I've done this. I'm a genius, literally. I used to do this all the time with advertising. Oh, I've just bought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna send it back, now's not the right time. Oh, but we really wanna do it, it's part of our marketing strategy. Yeah, okay, I'll be in touch, don't worry, I'm gonna identify the right time. Bang, higher price. 24, you have to hard close. Now, a lot of people already understand this, this is why they do false urgency, buy now, running out of time, blah, blah, blah. But you have to hard close people because people don't buy things without being hard closed. So you have to find a way to close them. You either have to do the, the false urgency thing, we're running out of time, or you can just do, you can do a, if you don't buy now, it's gonna be very hard to get this deal later on, blah, blah, blah. Now everyone knows this, this is very basic sales. But in my experience, I've tried soft closing and I've tried hard closing. Hard closing is better. With hard closing, you're gonna lose some people. The people you close outshine or outweighs the people you lose. I see so many businesses and they're just working softly, just waiting for people, waiting, waiting, waiting. It's better to go hard and just get the business done or not. You have 10 potential leads. My board's still wet, so I can't draw for you. I'm sorry, I know you love my diagrams. You have 10 potential leads. It's better to hard close, come in, come in like Rambo, close five and lose five than sitting there on 10 that might drop in, might not drop in. Because that 10 that might drop in, might not drop in, fucks with you. It fucks with your estimated numbers. It fucks with, oh, maybe tomorrow we'll have money. It wastes your time. No, blow them out the water, get some definites. A definite is better than a, a maybe. Get a definite. Some people go, oh, I've got this maybe, this maybe, this maybe. Why are they maybes? Make a phone call right now and find the fuck out. Come up right now and say, look, we're filling up for the month. We're really getting really, really full. I wanna do business with you. I think we can do some fantastic business. I understand you may not be ready to move ahead right now, but if you can move ahead right now, because it's the last place I have available for the month, I'm prepared to give you X amount percent discount. Yes or no? Oh, no, no, I can't. Okay, no problem, no problem. We'll speak in a few weeks. Bang, fuck them off. Bang, next, next, next. Someone will go, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Bang, get them in. It's better to have, what's the saying? A bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Stop fucking around with maybes. There is no maybes. You got clothes. You got people out there, if they want to do business with you, they either do or they don't. Everyone's a maybe. Maybe I'll go to the moon. Right now, I'm a may maybe I'm a fucking astronaut. It doesn't mean anything until NASA calls me up and says, get on the fucking rocket. Am I an astronaut or not? Too many of you are letting fucking maybes fuck around and don't do that. Next point, talking about maybes, number 25. And I think a lot of people already know this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Business ain't real till they pay. We're all, wait, wait, we're on number 25. We're only a quarter of the way through. Think how much shit you've learned in this university. We're a quarter of the way through. 25, it ain't real till they pay. And I mean money in the bank. So when I was running Vixels, remember Vixels, my TV company I was running at the same time I was working at N2, I had the chance to land a deal for a company called Glorious Foods. Is Glorious Foods still a company? Let me have a look. I'm curious, Glorious Foods. Gee. And what they did is they had food brands in superstores in the UK, Glorious Foods. Glorious Food, yeah. Oh no, this is a caterer. The fuck? Anyway, they were a very big company. So Tristan called and pitched Glorious Foods for TV. Spoke to a junior marketing manager. Convinced her TV was a fantastic idea. We we're talking about sponsorships on the Food Channel, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, this was a 600,000 pound deal with a quarter of a million pounds profit for me and Tristan. Quarter of a million. So he convinces her TV is a good idea, blah, blah, blah. Organize a meeting. I go up to the meeting. In the meeting, I meet the head of marketing, the big boss, and this little loser that Tristan famoused on the phone. I do the meeting and I destroy it because I'm a chi. It was beautiful. Completely destroyed the meeting from head to toe. Bang, did it. They loved me. They loved it. They wanted to do business. I sent them the proposed advertising plan. They loved it. I sent them the contract. They loved it. The deal was done. Me and T, it was done. And when I say done, I know you don't count money until it's in the bank. 
but it was done. They'd emailed back, yes, no problem. They'd signed the contract. The deal was done. We were just waiting for the money to show in the bank. Anyway, so we're emailing, emailing, emailing. The head, the head of marketing, whatever, whatever, got sick. So when you emailed her, it came back saying, hi, unexpected leave, da, 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 I'm dying of some fucking disease, whatever. She got sick. The junior market manager had no power. And it turns out the big managing director didn't want to start a TV campaign when the, when the uh, market manager was away. So he just wouldn't pay the invoice. Stop fucking. Sue me. Because he knew they were so big, this is like a billion pound company, that we couldn't sue them. Like, I know they signed the contract, but what the fuck are we really going to do about it? Like, we're just me and my brother. Take them to court, waste our time and money, bullshit. So we're sitting there waiting for money, and guess what? It never comes. Until the money's in the bank, it ain't real. Doesn't matter if they signed the contract, doesn't matter if they said yes, doesn't matter if they've agreed to everything, doesn't matter if you've started the work, nothing matters until money is in the bank. This is super important, because me and Tristan, when we realized glorious food money wasn't coming, that was the closest I've ever come to feeling genuine depression in a very long time. We were so excited about that money. We did exactly what I said don't do. We got giddy. We weren't professional. We were excited. Quarter of a mil, liquid cash. What can we do? We can do this, we can go there, or buy this, buy that, blah, change our lives, all this bullshit. We weren't rich, Dan. That's, that's life-changing money. Do not get excited about money until it's in the bank. Super, super important, because trust me, that glorious foods thing fucked me up for like a week. I couldn't even work properly for a week. I was so pissed off. Totally demotivated. Don't let that happen to you. And that feeds into part, the next part, number 26. Stress tolerance. You need to learn to care about things mentally but not emotionally. How successful you are as a hustler is directly linked to how much stress you can tolerate. Money making is only stress tolerance. So when you're making money, most of the time, what you're doing is you're taking stress off other people, especially if you provide a service. Even if it's a cleaning service, you're taking away stress from someone else. You're adopting someone else's stress for cash. The more stress you can adopt, the more money you can take. You need to have high stress tolerance as a hustler, as a money maker, as a businessman. You have to be able to deal with stress. Things are gonna go wrong all the fucking time. You have to be able to just ride the waves. So, in life, usually there's two kinds of people. You have the stoner dickhead who smokes weed and doesn't give a shit about anything, who gets nowhere. And you have the person who cares about things but is very emotional, very uptight. Oh, fuck's sake, oh, no, this has gone wrong, uh, angry, blah, 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 running around like a, a nutcase. You don't want to be either of them. You want to be in the middle. You have to care about things mentally, but not emotionally. Andrew, the website's gone down, and PayPal have blocked us, and whatever, whatever, whatever. You need to sit there and go, okay, yeah, all right, I understand. Let's find a solution, dot, 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 dot. And you need to care mentally, but not be getting emotional about it. Stress tolerance is a huge aspect of this. Most of you people out there, the only reason you're not successful is because you can't tolerate stress. And I'm saying this to you now. You cannot tolerate stress. What do you mean? I know you can't because if you could, you'd already have side businesses and you don't. You work a job and you don't have side businesses because, oh, I'm busy, oh, I'm tired. This is sales stress tolerance. Needing to sleep is stress to that shows you have a low stress tolerance. Not having the energy shows you have a low stress tolerance. Not knowing what to do is a low stress tolerance. You do know what to do. You have ideas, you're just lazy and you're just afraid of the effort and you don't like the idea of stress. Oh, now I've got more things to do. I can't handle it, more things. You're a little fucking baby. Stress tolerance is super important. Life's stressful. Being successful is stressful. I have eight supercars in the drive and it's, it's all stress to fucking get them. And I enjoy them when I drive them and I wouldn't have it any other way. You have to increase your stress tolerance. You're gonna be stressed. You have to learn to do more things and deal with more bullshit. Increase your stress tolerance. If you're watching this right now, I don't care what position you're in, start a company today and deal with the bullshit. The quicker you get better at swimming through bullshit, the quicker you're gonna get through the bullshit to the end, which is money. Stress tolerance is super, super important. I can't stress that enough. 27, I kind of touched on this earlier with the protein shake. So let's draw the protein shake again. Cause I kind of touched on this earlier, but it's an important point. How was my beautiful protein shake? It was really nice. I'm gonna see if I can do it as good as before. Label, got a lid. That's good. So, protein shakes. The way you sell protein shakes is you convince people they need them. This is the most, one of the most basic tenets of business. You have to convince people they need whatever you sell. 
You don't talk about the product. You talk about their need. What's the old adage that they do? Sell me this pen. You ever heard that before? Sell me this pen. People go, oh, well, this pen is blue and this pen is, uh, you can, uh, it's, it's made of plastic and it's durable. No, it's not, that's not how you sell a pen. Sell me this pen. You need to be able to write things down. But I've already got a pen. Yeah, but now you can write more things down if you have another pen. How are you going to write down all your ideas? Think of all the things you can write down. You can write the next novel. You can become J.K. Rowling. You can become a billionaire if you had a pen. You don't have a pen. You need a pen to write things down. Sell the need. Don't sell the product. It's blue and it's plastic. As opposed to you can become J.K. Rowling because you need a pen to write things down. You have to sell the need at all times. Most people don't sell the need. Have you noticed with me, I never sell, I never sell the product. So let's look at my products compared to other dorks who sell stuff online. So you'll see other dorks will go, my 18 page, my 18 page ebook can, includes blah, 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 blah. Have I ever told you how many pages are in my books or how many, or how many exact modules you're getting? Did you know how many modules you were getting with this university? Did I say this many videos, this, 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 this? No, because that's selling the product and you don't care. You signed up anyway. If I would have said, 10 videos of this and uh, ebook and PDFs, um, who cares? I sold you the need. You need to know what I know about business. It's the need that sells, not the product. So whatever you're selling, it doesn't matter what it is, sell the need. Even if you're selling fucking raspberries, they need raspberries. Why do I need raspberries? You need raspberries because of fucking it's good for your, I don't know, immune system. Talk some shit, super berries, whatever. That's what goji berries do. What the fuck is a goji berry? I don't, I've never heard of a goji berry. Now I see them everywhere. Superfood. Goji berries, the superfood. Superfood, why? Am I going to do it? I ate goji berries. I feel exactly the same. It's bullshit. But they sell on need. Superfood, you need goji berries all of a fucking sudden. I don't, know what they, I don't even know what they look like. Anyway, sell the need. At all times, you will catch yourself not selling the need. All the times, you'll catch yourself not selling the need. So, even a coffee shop. This is the biggest mistake things like coffee shops make. They don't sell the need. They'll sell on, a coffee shop will sell you on price. They'll try and do it nice and cheap because they have lots of competition. They'll sell, they'll have a nice looking coffee shop. They'll have like a good, you know, nice chairs that will look nice, whatever, whatever. But they very rarely sell the need. If I had a coffee shop, I would have a massive sign outside saying, tired, question mark, nice warm coffee. The need. Because everyone's tired, aren't they? Everyone's stressed. Everyone's going through life. Da, da, da. Tired? A bit. Nice warm coffee. Yeah, nice warm coffee. Okay. Walk in. That's selling the need. I don't say, Arabica beans in a cup. Who gives a shit? Care about fucking beans? Sell the need at all times. Never take your eye off that prize. If you're still paying attention, which you motherfucking should be, write that down. Already, all the information I've given you should be formulating how you view business. You might have to watch this university three or four times. But at the core of it, always you have money in. That's your business. The rest is bullshit. Everything has to feed back to this. Selling the need will feed back to this. People buy things they need. They sometimes buy things they want, but they always buy things they need. That's why they have to need what you sell. So find a way to make them need it. Next, this is something that most people don't understand. My experience of business, if you're gonna be a hustler and trying to get rich, is as follows. Until you are a big rich company, so, or until you have lots of money in the bank, contracts are not real. Legal paperwork are not real. None of these things are real. Look at the Glorious Foods example. They signed the contract, they owed me that money. If I would have taken them to court, I would have spent a lot of money and would they have paid me in the end? No. None of these things are real. Do you know why legality isn't real? Because legality defies rule one of the Hustlers University. What's rule one? Rule one is speed. And guess what lawsuits are? Slow. Super slow. And if you're a new business, you do not have time to be fucking suing people. It's going to take forever. Years. Years for a maybe. And even if you do get a yes, they can still delay years if they even pay you, which they probably won't. It's different if you're like suing a huge news outlet or something. 
you know, like the Covington kids did. That's different. But in general, you want to do your business based on trust and cash. You don't want to be having, oh, I don't really trust all the contracts. Well, I've got the contract. I've got the contract. If they don't want to pay you, they're not going to pay you. Fucking fuck a contract. And what are you really going to do about it? It's bullshit. I am not a fan of contracts. I don't work with contracts. I don't like legality. It's very, very slow. So if you're looking to start your business, you're like, okay, we need a contract with this person, contract with that person. You know what's better than contracts? Mutual interest. It's good for me if I do my part. It's good for him if he does his part. Look at how a road works. You're driving down the road. There's a car here. There's a car here. Why do they not crash into each other? Well, it's good for him if they don't crash. It's good for him if they don't crash. Nobody wants to crash. So we all avoid it. Isn't that better than having a contract saying we won't crash? What the fuck does a contract mean? And then he does crash into me. Well, I have the contract, but the crash has already happened and everything's a fucking mess. Mutual interest. Find a way to do business with people that is mutual interest. My suppliers, I don't need a contract from my supplier because they want me to buy things from them. For what contract? For what? I see so many people who get involved in business start talking about contracts because they like to sound smart. Very much like we were talking about earlier on about people who like uh, to spend money at the beginning and get their, their logo and spend money and get a big back end and all this bullshit. They like to sound intelligent. That's not business. This is business. Money in. The rest ain't business. Contracts aren't business. Contracts are just some fucking bullshit you might have to deal with when you get bigger. But in general, don't be thinking if I can get him to sign a contract, then I've got it. You haven't got anything. You've got a piece of paper. And if you try and enforce that contract, it's going to bankrupt you. So don't be relying on contracts anyway. I see a lot of people doing that and I don't know why. A piece of paper doesn't mean shit unless you enforce it. And enforcement is very, very slow and very, very expensive. So forget about contracts. Find a way if you're going to have to work with another company or another person for there to be mutual interest. Mutual self-interest keeps the traffic of the world flowing. It keeps the business world flowing too. That whole suing each other bullshit, that's some mess you don't want to get mixed up in. That ain't going to get you rich. Hustlers are looking to get money. You're looking to do this. Suing people is a big fucking outlay for a long, long time. It's bullshit. So fuck contracts. Make sure your partners need you. And make sure you need your partners. This is a very, very important one. So I used to know a guy. Hopefully he doesn't buy this course. I knew a guy. I don't know the exact business he had. It was something to do with uh, self-employed employees. Uh, to avoid them having to pay tax or something, they, they'd use his company and he helped them all under one umbrella company pay less tax, something like this. I don't understand. It was in England. But there was him and two other partners. There was three of them in total. And one day he went to work and his two partners had fucked him over and screwed him out of his own company because they had the majority share. It's 33% each, 66%. They fucked him off and got rid of him. Why'd they get rid of him? Because they didn't need him anymore. Didn't need him anymore. You need to make sure your partners always need you and you need to make sure you always need your partners. Not want, need. If you look at your partners and realize they don't need you or you don't need them, then you should do it on your own. And stop being a pussy, stop being a coward. Because you can be the absolute managing director and you can find a, your number one employee from your old company or someone you really trust and make them your number two in command. Now you effectively have a partner. This is another thing you don't understand. People... Sorry. People want partners because they like the idea of having someone to vibe off of or work with or someone who they can uh, check their thinking with. That's fine. If you have a partner and you both need each other and it's 50-50, good. I'm not saying don't have partners. I have partners in some of my companies. However, you can still have all the benefits of a partner with a number two in command who's loyal to you. Now you still have the benefits of a partner, but you control everything. So make sure you need your partners and they need you. There's lots of ways you can do that. Mutual self-interest. You can do things. They can do things. You need to work together to get the job done. Otherwise, feel free to just hire someone and make sure they're your second in command and just make them feel important and use them to balance your thinking and be the only control person who's in control. Don't get fucked out of your company. Not that it's likely to happen, but still. Even if you're making loads of money, you have a partner you don't need. Now you have half the amount of money you're making. Why? Next point. Business. Number 30. Every purchase is an impulse purchase. So, if someone does eventually buy from you, even if they've been thinking about it for a long time, the moment they finally decide to pull the trigger and buy is an impulse purchase. That's why I say hard close. That's why people do false scarcity, all these things to try and, and get them to impulse buy. You can go and do a lot of research on impulse purchases, how they work, why people make them, etc. Everybody, after they purchase, 
the time between the money leaving the bank and them receiving the product, even if it's a few milliseconds, is going to have that little bit of, mm, that's a lot of money I just spent. Every single purchase is an impulse purchase. Remember that. Keep it in mind. I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, you're selling impulse purchases. I don't. Mine's a considered purchase. No, no, it's an impulse purchase. A house is an impulse purchase. A supercar is an impulse purchase. At the point of buying, it's an impulse purchase. No matter how long they consider it for, when they finally click send, it's an impulse purchase. So all the tactics and tricks I'm teaching you to get people to impulsively buy, work on every single kind of sale because every single kind of sale is an impulse purchase. Don't get stuck up in some bullshit thinking, oh, mine's not an impulse, like you're better than everyone else. Oh, mine's not an impulse purchase. Mine's considered. Shut up. It's all impulse purchasing. All of it. Everybody impulse purchases. And that's why you have to look, if you're going to look at any kind of sales tips and tricks, look at impulse purchasing, how it works, why people do it, and those are the factors you need to implement, especially when you're trying to close a considered purchase. If you've been talking to them for a long time, you're trying to close them, bang. You're trying to, con- you're trying to convince them to make an impulse purchase. It's as simple as that. All sales are impulse purchases, and they're not buying on price. Those two go together very, very well. Remember those two points. It's important. So how does a real estate agent do that? Like a house is a considered purchase. This is where you're going to live and it's very, very expensive. Well, they come and they show you around, they make you want it, and then they start telling you other people have won it. Other people are viewing the house, they're going to put in an offer, trying to force you to make an impulse, yes or no. Uh, uh, okay, we'll take it. They understand. Everyone understands. It's always an impulse purchase. You have to put something there to make people buy. Make them do it or they're simply not going to do it. Do not give people open-ended time frames. If I say, you can have this pen today for X amount or you can come back to me anytime and get the pen. No, no rush. Why would I buy now? I'll, I'll live without the pen for a while until I really need the pen. And I'm not going to need the pen unless you convince me of the needs. So I'm never going to buy the pen. Everything's an impulse purchase. You have to convince them on needs and you have to hard close them. This is something, just understand the nature of how people sell and how people buy because this is the same with absolutely everything no matter what it is. Next, promise your clients a future. This is important. A lot of people I see do not sell a future with their clients and I don't understand why. You should sell a future with your clients. You should say, look, we're going to work together for a very long time. In the future, XYZ is going to happen. In the future, I'll be able to provide you with XYZ. When you talk about the future, you presume the, fu- you presume the present. So this is a trick I even do with chicks. Let's use a dating as an example. If you're watching this and you don't have my PhD course, get it, because it's good. Very good. But uh, I do this in the PhD course. So if you preempt the future, if you talk talking about the future, then you've already assumed the present. So if you're talking to somebody or you want to do some business with somebody and you've got a business or whatever, whatever, and you want to uh, uh, sell them something, you talk about how it's going to affect things in the future. So let's take an example. Let's, let's look at your, uh, your ebook. I don't know. I'm just digging something off the top of my head. Your $17 ebook on how to pick up girls. Girls. I'm going to draw a girl. She's hair. Beautiful smile. So how do you preempt the future to make sure that they buy? So let's say you're talking to someone they're not sure if they're going to buy or not. Well, then you talk about the future. You say, well, in the future, maybe we can go day gaming together. This is all pickup artist bullshit, but whatever. In the future, we can go day gaming together. Or in the future, if you're texting a girl and you're not sure exactly what to say, let me know. Or in the future, if you see a girl doing some of the things I point out in my ebook, send me examples because I can use them on my website. I'd really appreciate that. Talk about the future like he's already bought and digested the product. And that makes them far more likely to buy and digest your product. Says, I do the same thing when I date girls. Oh, well, when we're married, how do I know you're, gonna be a, how do I know you're not going to cheat? Fuck, I just met her. What do you mean married? Ha, ha, ha. If you're talking about ha when we're married, that's presuming I'm going to fuck you sooner or later because we're going to fuck before we get married. Presume the future. Presuming the future makes the present, you, you're, setting the ta- you're setting what the present's going to be. You're saying this is what's going to happen now, so I know what's going to happen in the future. You can do exactly the same thing with business. So when I was selling TV advertising and I was talking to clients and I'm trying to close a small 19 grand deal, I'd be talking about two years when we're doing the uh, 500 grand deals. So when I'm trying to close this, I'm talking about this. 
I'll be like, oh, well, in the future, well, in, in a few years, when we're launching the big campaigns, we can do the sponsorships. We can sponsor the before and after the programs. And when you're spending that kind of money, we'll also be able to have meetings directly with the channel, blah, 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 blah. And they're sitting there going, yeah, okay, yeah, sponsorships, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Talk about all this imaginary shit to try and close this. Sell the future at all times. If you presume the future, it makes them more likely to buy now. And that's something that people don't do. Even for bullshit $17 eBooks, for television advertising, for websites, doesn't matter what it is. If I was trying to sell a new website for N2, I'd be talking about how two years later down the line we can integrate a new back end with our website. Who knows? Who gives a shit? Talk about some fancy shit that's going to happen in the future. If you do that, you're more likely to sell now. That's super important. Don't talk about now. Back to the ebook. If you buy my ebook, you'll see what girls are texting you and you'll see why they mean it or why they're saying it. If you buy my ebook, you'll see why girls are saying what they say in text messages, as opposed to after you've seen my ebook and you see what these girls are saying, it's gonna be exactly like I told you. And when they do it, screenshot it and send it to me because you're gonna see. The future. Okay, after I, after I have the ebook, then I'm gonna know, he, he said, I'm gonna understand why they're doing it and I'm gonna send it to him. You've already told him he has the ebook. Presume the future at all times. Very important. 